Mormon Discussion Podcast is about helping Latter-day Saints like you lead with faith while tackling deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping the podcast alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. Again, that's Mormon Discussion Podcast, all one word, dot org. You can do this for as little as $3 a month or $25 a year. And this will also reward you by letting you listen to premium episodes like this one months before the general public has access. Thanks for listening. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Today's episode, I don't know how long it'll go, and it'll it'll probably show up in like three segments. No, it'll be one part. So what you're listening to now, this audio file, this will be it. But I hope to speak to you in three separate segments, and I hope to tie the third segment deeply into the first. I should start by saying that it's important, really important, that as a listener to this podcast that you go check out a episode from the Liturgist podcast about shame. And it's their last episode of 2017. I'm recording this on December 6th. And it came out maybe two days ago on December 4th, maybe December 5th. And it was on shame. And for every listener to this this work, this episode is going to be so important, I think. But it's not going to delve into the messiness of Mormonism. But instead, I want to talk to the depth of life. And I know some of us, we don't want to get in touch with those touchy-feely parts. But I'm simply going to speak to the idea that in real human development, there is this push and need for vulnerability. And so it's my hope Either before the, you listen to the rest of this podcast, you could just stop it now if you want to and go listen to the liturgist podcast on shame, or you can catch it afterward. And I'll put that episode in the show notes for this episode so that you can find it. But in the episode, they talk deeply about shame. And, and at one point, this, uh, this wise uh, voice, Hillary McBride, but she starts speaking about guilt and shame and the difference. And and guilt is when we make a mistake and we feel really bad about the mistake we made. Like we're embarrassed or we're we know we hurt somebody or we offended like and and in some level like there was some intent on that choice in that very moment. Even if you regret it now and you realize like oh goodness, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And I feel awful. But shame is different. Shame has to do with when your, your very being is on the line. Like your, your very identity of who you are and the worth that you have and that I'm just not adequate as a person. Guilt has to do with an outward thing you did being frowned upon. Shame has to do with your very inner being being not good enough. And and unfortunately all of us deal with shame over the course of our lifetime because of things. Maybe our nose is too big, maybe it's too small. Maybe maybe we have 
chest hair or we don't. Maybe we're balding or our hair just forms in a certain way that we just like, ah, I don't like that. Maybe our face is too round. Maybe it's too long. Maybe our, our, our mouth is too big. Maybe it's too small. Maybe we walk funny. Maybe we talk funny. Maybe you have a weird laugh. Whatever those things are, over the course of our lifetime, we feel shame on those things. And we do as much as we can to shield ourselves from others. Some of the things we feel shame over are covered with our clothes. And so we hide those parts from people. And other parts of us are completely exposed. And we just know that every time someone sees us, that's what they see first. And whether in front of us or behind our back, they're chuckling. But each of us feels shame. And and I feel that too. And some experiences with shame, thank goodness, some experiences with shame are momentary. And I had one of those recently, and I want to share it with you. Because I, I think you'll connect with these moments when they happen to you. Recently... We've started doing, uh, again, maybe more of a, a reach out effort to do events in various places. We had one scheduled in my home. That one sold out. It went incredibly well. The next one was scheduled for Henderson, Nevada. We had set it up pretty close in relationship to some other events that had happened there. And unfortunately, only a few tickets had sold by the time that I had to make a commitment, whether I was going to do it or whether I wasn't. And there was only like six tickets sold. And so we, we canceled the event. And, and there were a few people that were upset about that, but I didn't, I didn't feel bad because I did what I had to do. And so the next event we set up was in Edmonton, Canada. And within two days, the 25 tickets that we had set out sold out. In fact, we started off with 20 tickets. They sold immediately in Edmonton, Canada of all places. Isn't that incredible? And I was so excited. I'm like, wow, these people can't wait for me to go to their home area, to go to their city. And they're so excited to have this conversation. And I was excited. And so the host, we talked about it and they're like, let's open up another five tickets sold out immediately. They said, let's open up another 10. And so at that point we had sold another, uh, couple of those. And so we're up to the point where we're getting close to 30 people in Edmonton, Canada, and I'm just thrilled. And so me and my friend, I invite him to go with me. And and he pays for his own airfare. The host pays for mine. We've got it all set up. I've got my stuff packed. I've got my passport. I'm ready to go. I'm so excited about this weekend. I'm so excited about spending it with my friend. I'm so excited about him having this cool experience, about me having this cool experience, about these people having this cool experience. I'm looking forward to meeting the the host and those around him who have helped to put this on, those who are, are letting us use their home, those who are letting us stay in their home to sleep over that night. I'm just excited. And so Friday night after work, me and my friend, we head to the Henderson, Las Vegas area. Our flight leaves early the next morning. And in Henderson, we meet up with his brother, who's also a really good friend of mine and his wife. And we have this incredible evening of vulnerability, like this incredible evening where the four of us are just talking about deep things and having conversations. 
and just getting to know each other at that deeper level. And I have to tell you, because this connects through the entire episode, I have to tell you, I have entered a place in my life where I am surrounded by deep, developed human beings who are willing to be vulnerable. And I'm telling you, 98% of the world hasn't experienced this. Not to the level that I have. Like, And, and I don't mean that as like, ha ha, I'm cooler. No, I don't mean it like that at all. Like, There's no arrogance in what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I wish everyone understood this level of vulnerability. I wish everyone could experience this level of of vulnerability. And so me and my friend and his brother and his wife, who are my friends as well, we spend this incredible evening just talking, just getting to, to know each other, to, to talk about our childhood and, and our growing up and the things we deal with as adults. And you can say anything in this group. Like you can tell this group anything. And either A, they look right back at you and said, I've done that too. I made that mistake as well. Or they say, look, I've done something like it. Like there's no shame in this group. You you practically could say anything. And there's no shame in this group. And so I have this incredible evening. And I stay the night there. And me and my buddy get up in the morning early. And we head to the Las Vegas airport. And we're, we're talking, we're joking, we're laughing. We get in line to uh, get our boarding pass and essentially to check in and my my buddy pulls his passport out and I go to get mine and I don't have it. I don't have the passport that I need to get on this airplane. I don't know what happened. I don't know what to make of this situation. I don't know what to do. There is this moment of panic where I realize that in in in, in, in honestly less than a second my brain recognizes that I have ruined a weekend for a whole lot of people and I have cost a whole lot of people money. The embarrassment is huge, right? Like imagine this moment where a ton of people have arranged their day, their travel, their financial um, contribution to an event and you, because of something, you messed up, something went wrong. And while you can't really help it, like you made some kind of innocent mistake, you misplaced it, it fell out, whatever the situation may be, you realize like, oh, I've let everyone down. And so you, I have this moment where embarrassment overwhelms me, but it's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is that I have disappointed People, people are traveling in freezing cold weather, snow covered streets, long distances to go to this event in Edmonton. Other people have arranged their home. Other people have bought drinks and snacks. Other people have paid my airfare. Other people have paid their own airfare. And I have this moment of panic where I feel shame and I feel like an utter failure. I feel horrible. And I'm sitting in the Las Vegas airport and I'm in tears and I'm really vulnerable at this moment. I don't mean vulnerable like I'm sharing. I mean vulnerable like my self-worth is on the line. The fact that I just made a mistake 
There's some guilt, right? That's the guilt. I goofed up. It happens. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we're just, just end up messing up somebody else's day or hurting someone else. And there's the guilt. But I'm also having this moment of shame because I recognize like, oh, Bill, there you go. You did it again. This is who you are. Bill, you let people down. Bill, you're not good enough. You're not sufficient. Bill, like you always mess it up. And there's this awareness in this moment like, oh, I don't deserve to be going to Canada. Why do these guys pay me to go to Canada? I'm just some idiot. Why, why it, why am I doing some podcast? Why am I the guy reaching out to people who are in faith transition? I don't have this figured out yet. Like I'm, this isn't real. I'm just, I'm letting people down. And I'm letting people down all the time. Like, oh my goodness, I don't return emails all the time. That's me. Like, every other people could do that, and I don't. I fall short. And so there's this recognition in this moment. Like, I look at everything in my life that I'm not good enough in. And I realize, like, yeah, I just, I've never been good enough. And here I go again. And I've just completely done what I always do. And, and my good friend, it would have been easy for him to have been pissed. It would have been easy for him to have been upset. It would have been easy for him to look at me and go, what the hell? Like, what the hell happened, man? Where is it? But he doesn't respond that way. Like, and I remember the moment so vividly. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him like, my entire self-worth is in your hands. I'm handing my entire self-worth over to you. And you have a right to crush it. You have a right to throw it on the ground and step on it in this moment. Like you have a right to be upset. You have a right to be angry and frustrated. I look at him and I say, I'm sorry. I messed this up. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I've totally screwed this up. I've totally messed this up. I don't know what to do. And he looks at me and he goes, it's all right. Let's figure this out. No big deal. Things happen. Things like this happen. Let's just figure it out. Let's go sit down for a second. Let's, let's see if we can catch some other flight and figure out some way to do this. Let's see if there's some other way. And so we run through every scenario in our head and there's just no way to make this event happen that way. And, and I'm in panic mode, right? I'm in fight or flight. You've been there. You've had this happen. Like when these emergency situations happen where your life comes to this crisis moment, like your brain doesn't function right. You're not able to like go, hey, here's the logic and here's the reason and here's the rationale. And let's walk through all these ideas. You're not really capable of that in these kinds of moments. And so my friend says, hey, look, there's other ways to do this. Let's, let's do this. I said, look, first I've, first I've got to refund everybody. He goes, yep, you got to refund everyone. He goes, but you could still do the event. You just have to do it by Skype or some other way. Like they put a screen in their home. You just do it over Skype. Maybe this, maybe this still can, can go off and still be a positive experience. He goes, let's work through this. The first thing we need to do is we need to call the people and, and let them know. And it's like, I don't know, four o'clock in the morning, something like, it's like super early, whatever time it is. It's super early because we've got this early flight so that we can get to Edmonton, Canada by noon. And so at four o'clock, I'm texting the folks who are putting this event on and I'm, I'm saying like, call me as soon as you can. Something has gone really bad. 
And when I talked to those folks, like I know I disappointed them. I know I disappointed them. And, and I, man, they were so gracious and so kind about it. But I know I disappointed them. There were folks who were traveling long distance. So as, as him and I exit the airport, we go to sit down for breakfast so that I can refund everyone and send out a message to everyone. And, and one of the attendees messages me and says, like, I got airfare to come to this. Like I knew I had just disappointed a ton of people. So we get the refunds taken care of and I send out an email to all the attendees and I cancel the event and I talk to the host and uh, it's maybe, maybe an hour later, I get a message from one of the folks who was planning on attending and he says like, I, they're talking about this idea that maybe we can still put this on. And I said, look, I'm happy to, let's figure this out. I would love to. And, and to make a long story short, we ended up doing that. We ended up putting the event on where I in my living room, uh, did a, did a presentation over Skype and they did a beautiful job on their end getting speakers out and getting a really big screen. And I think the event still went really well. I thought it went great. And of the, of the, you know, 27 people who were going to be there, 17 still went. 17 show up for this Skype presentation and they seem to have enjoyed it and I enjoyed it and I thought it was a positive experience. Had that been the plan from the beginning, I think people would have said it's a 10 out of 10. I thought it went that well. But, but the main part of the story I want to focus on is that there's times in our life where we have a crisis moment where even if we say like, it's no fault of my own, it's accidental. At that very moment, our self-worth is on the line. We messed up. Even if it's not our fault, we feel like we've messed up and we need people in our lives who can say it's no big deal. It's okay. Let's figure this out. Like there's these moments where shame can either be heaped on to the point where it is deeply damaging to who we are, not just in that moment, but going forward. Or there can be a tender mercy where someone is in our presence who says like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We'll figure this out. And so we were able to call the airlines. We were able to get uh, refunded for the one flight and a credit for the other flight. And I was able to reimburse the host for for the airfare that I got the credit on. And at the end of the day, like everybody got their money back. We were able to still do the event. Most of the people still attended. But I can't say enough about this moment where my world just crashes in in less than a second. And I've got this good friend. And and again, I knew it. I knew in that moment, like I'm handing him my entire perception of myself and he could either shred it into pieces or he could rise above the moment and ensure that I was okay as a human being. And, and, and he does the second and I'll be, I'll be forever grateful to the friendships that I have where people do that kind of thing. I haven't always had that. And I've not always been that myself. As a husband, as a parent, I sometimes heap on shame. Sometimes in my life as a friend, at school, or at work, I've heaped on shame. And it's unfortunate. And I want to I wanna talk in a moment about the, the moniker of the podcast, Mormon Discussion, Leading with faith. 
But before I do that, I want to make a plea to the listeners. 2018 is going to be a huge year for the podcast. Huge year. Let me tell you what we're doing. We are in the middle of creating a completely renovated website. This website is going to be a, it just, it's just so different from what we currently have. We've actually started working on this about six months ago, but we hit a major uh, wall. And so we've had to start over, unfortunately. And so now we're in the middle of putting this together again. This website's going to be, you're going to start off where you're going to go to mormondiscussionpodcast.org and you're going to land on this umbrella website. It's going to link you to resources. It's going to put you in contact with each of the programs that we have on this podcast. So you can click, for instance, Radio Free Mormon, and you can then go off to his individual website and and get to know him a little better as a host and to see just his episodes. You'll be able to pick up each podcast separately on iTunes. You'll be able to um, have more visibility to each of these separate programs and to each of the hosts who run them. I'm grateful to Radio Free Mormon to Mormon Awakenings, to the Mormon Wellness Project, and to our newest podcast, the Mormon History Podcast. I'm grateful to these hosts in the effort and time and energy they put in. My hope is here in 2018 that we can accomplish two things. One is this new incredible website that gives visibility and a public presence to each of these hosts and the programs, which I just find to be exceptional. The other thing I'm hoping to accomplish in 2018, I'm absolutely adamant it has to start happening, is that we have to compensate these hosts for the time and energy they put in. And and this is something as a listener that you don't always get. But for instance, Radio Free Mormon spends like a dozen hours recording and editing each episode. Mormon Awakenings has been putting out an episode a week, which I know firsthand, like how much time and energy goes into that. Wendy Perry with the Mormon Wellness Project has been adding sound bites and audio pieces into her work that takes time. And I get it for a lot of you who have been burned by, by Mormonism. Like you say to yourself, like, oh, I gave, I gave and I gave and I don't want to give anymore. And I hear you, like I get it, but I'm asking for you to support this podcast, to allow us to do the things we need to do to keep these hosts and these programs going long, long into the future. So our goal for 2018 is to have you, 500 of you to be exact, set up a recurring annual donation of $100. If 500 listeners said, look, from here on out, once a year, I'm going to donate $100, then that raises right then, right there, $50,000 for Mormon Discussion Podcast. We are a 501c3. It is a donation, and it is tax-exempt within the United States. And so many of you listen, and you write me. We have, we have communication on Facebook messages or by email. Some of you I've talked to on the phone. I know so many of you by name. I know you support this work. I know you care about this podcast. I know you enjoy waking up in the morning and refreshing your podcast app and seeing that there's a Mormon discussion program showing up 
new and ready to listen to, can I ask of you, can you please consider showing your appreciation for all the time and energy and effort and resources that I've put into this for five years? Will you help me to ensure that these hosts and their programs continue long into the future? Will you help me support my work? Will you help them support their work? Will you please go to mormondiscussionpodcast.org today? Hit the donate slash subscribe button and set yourself up as a gold supporter, donating $100 one time every year. Some of you out there have more ability than that. If you want to donate more, please do. We need it. We raised $18,000 so far in 2017. That's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. It doesn't even leave a ton left once all of the costs are, that are associated with running a podcast are taken care of. It doesn't. Would you please consider today going to mormondiscussionpodcast.org and becoming a gold supporter? $100 once a year. If you can't do that much, great. Set up something less. If you can do more, great. Set up something more. But our goal is to have 500 listeners become annual donators of $100 a year. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is the idea of Mormon discussion podcast leading with faith. I get critics all the time. And, and I don't mean critics like in people who don't like me. People simply, I'm saying people who are critical that something, like I still like Bill Real and I still listen to Bill Real, but something has shifted to the point where I don't think he's being honest about his moniker of leading with faith. And I want to talk about that for a moment. The question is, what am I leading with faith in? What is my goal? What am I trying to do? And let me tell it this way. I get emails every day. I get Facebook messages from people every day. I take phone calls from people when they take me up on doing that. I talk to people by phone in the midst of their traumatic faith transition. Like, I know you guys. Again, I know so many of you by name. I could sit here and list off probably a hundred of you without even having to think about it. And I know that there are thousands of you who listen. We are getting now 110,000 plus downloads a month. To me, that's incredible. At the beginning of 2017, we were getting like 30,000 downloads a month. The growth in the podcast has been incredible. The personal interaction with each of you who have reached out to me has been incredible. I know in a few instances, I haven't returned an email or sent back a message. Unfortunately, there's so much and I try to respond to each. And sometimes I fall short of that. But what I do know is that I, I listen to your stories I listen to your experiences and while they're different in their own way and they're unique, they're also my story. They're also my faith journey. And as I listen to these stories, what I recognize is something I've really just come to believe in strongly, which is that the path that Jesus spoke of, that path isn't Mormonism. That path is development. It's waking up. It's developing your own inner authority. It's letting go of black and white thinking. It's becoming empathetic. It's becoming vulnerable. It's becoming aware. And as somebody moves into that growth, they find themselves on the path that Jesus spoke of. 
Jesus said, straight is the way and narrow is the gate, and few there be that find it. For people who wake up to human development, there's so few that that happens to. And if you're one of them, you've found it. But it is a path. You have to keep going. There is more to increase in. There's more to grow in. And I'm not knocking Mormonism. This will sound offensive to any orthodox believer. But Mormonism isn't the path. But Mormonism certainly is a tool belt one can wear on the path. And people wear different tool belts. People, Some people put on the tool belt of Catholicism. Some people put on the tool belt of Islam. Somebody put on the tool belt of Methodism. Some people put on the tool belt of Hinduism, Buddhism. You can name a million walks in this life that have existed over the last 10,000 years. Different gods, different belief systems, different ideas of morality and goodness and righteousness and evil and bad. So if people want to wear the tool belt of Mormonism to walk the path, then God bless them. I'm not looking to take anybody out of the church. I'm not looking to to have anybody go, I don't get any enjoyment when somebody goes, oh, I left Mormonism yesterday. That doesn't, that doesn't provide joy for me. But what I do think is that I like and I work towards and I want people to wake up. I want people to exit Fowler Stage 3. And while I don't like Fowler Stage 4, I want people to get to Fowler Stage 5. And the only way they can do that is if they wake up. The only way they can do that is if they go through stage four. Every person I talk to who has woken up to their own development, tell I ask them, I, there's this question, and I just I always ask it because I think them hearing themselves give the answer is big. So I say, would you ever want to go back? Here's where you are today. And back there, it fits so beautifully. It fits so cleanly. It fits so nicely. Everything added up. It was all so perfect and clean and pristine. Do you want to go back to that? And to a T, every one of them says, you know, there's moments. There's moments where I want to go back. There's moments where I wish it could be that beautiful again. But what I have now is more beautiful. While it is more chaotic, it is deeply more profound. I'm more awake. I'm more alive. I love deeper. I care deeper. This is more real. And they all say that to a T. So Mormon discussion leading with faith. I'm not saying I'm leading with faith in pushing people to be Mormon and to stay Mormon. I'm leading with faith in human beings. I'm leading with faith that humans can wake up and they can develop. And I'm willing to offer that we continue the conversation around Mormonism as a tool belt on that path. Now, some people will wear that tool belt outside the church and other people will wear that tool belt inside the church. But as Riza Aslan says, Riza Aslan is a member of the Islam faith, but he's also a Christian professor. And he says this, he says, my well is Islam and in particular the Sufi tradition. Let me be clear. I am Muslim not because I think Islam is truer than other religions. It isn't. But because Islam provides me with the language I feel most comfortable with in expressing my faith. It provides me with certain symbols 
and metaphors for thinking about God that I find useful in making sense of the universe and my place in it. I feel the same way. My well is Mormonism, and in particular, the Latter-day Saint tradition. Let me be clear. I am Mormon not because I think Mormonism is truer than other religions. It isn't. But because Mormonism provides me with the language I feel most comfortable with in expressing my faith. It provides me with certain symbols and metaphors for thinking about God that I find useful in making sense of the universe and my place in it. To the listeners of Mormon Discussion Podcast, I understand your journey. I understand what it's like to have your faith be so beautiful and fit so well and give you all the answers and certainty that you want and need. I know what it's like to have that ripped out from under you when you discover things that nobody had ever chosen to tell you before. I know what it's like to lose trust in your institution. I know what it's like to have your world fall apart and for you to doubt everything you've ever been told. I know what it's like to deconstruct your faith and to take every piece and to look at it again, to re-examine it and to see if it still might fit somewhere. I know what it's like to try and put it back together and to continually say like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I can make this work. I can make this work. It's going to fit just like this. I'm going to hold it together this way only to have it fall apart again and again and again. I no longer proclaim that I can hold any one ground, nor do I feel a need to. I no longer feel a need to proclaim any level of certainty at all. I no longer feel a need to impose that by staying in any one particular religion or church, that somebody's going to be better off or more right with God. Instead, I believe in humans and I believe in human development. And I believe that Mormonism is a incredible tool belt to wear on the path, whether you're in the church or out in order to make sense of the world and to use as a catalyst for personal growth and development. This isn't about leading with faith in Mormonism. This is about leading with faith in you. And so for the critic who feels compelled to say, no, Mormonism is true and more true than all the others, and this is where it all is, and this all adds up in some some incredible way that nobody else seems to get. I just don't care about that. What I believe in is that being awake and developing is a thousand times better than being ethnocentric in my tribe, black and white with walls built all around me. And it's my hope going forward that each of you will trust in that development. Each of you will trust in moving towards an inner authority. Each of you will trust in moving away from black and white concepts and tribal boundaries and begin to recognize the depth that exists once you move beyond it. There's a whole big, beautiful world out there. And there are incredible people out there. And the people outside my tribe are just as incredible and have just as incredible stories and journeys and experiences to share as those inside my tribe. We're just human beings having a human experience. And that's what I lead with faith in. Again, can I ask people to please consider supporting the podcast and to help this work go forward. May the Lord warm your shoulders. God bless you. By all means, contact me, write me, email me, message me. 
I would be happy to have phone calls with you. I'd be happy to have an email correspondence with you. I'd be happy to have Facebook messages with you. But know that I know your journey. I hope you know that you can be vulnerable with me. And today I've tried to be vulnerable with you. These faith transitions are tough. These faith shifts are difficult. They involve trauma and they involve shame. And I'm a safe person to talk to. And I value the journey you're on. While it's different and unique, it's my journey too. In the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Taking out my issues never healed the 